Welcome back to Common Sense Fantasy Baseball. I'm here with Greg Jewett. Greg, this is your third time to join me, so that puts you in the uh, rarefied air of my top three guests uh, ever on the podcast. So welcome back, and thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me, Drew. It's always always fun talking closers and baseball with you. You're definitely my go-to guy on closers, and I, I have referred hopefully lots of people, certainly everybody I can, to your closer chart that you have on your your Twitter. So I'll go ahead and just give everybody your Twitter right now. It's just uh, G-J-E-W-E-T-T-9, G-Jewett9. So, uh, yeah, so real, real imaginative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, the closer chart, you've always got it pinned to your profile, and it's, uh, it's super helpful. So um, uh, that, that has helped me the last two seasons just immeasurably, and talking to you has helped me even more. And I feel like we've at least been able to give people um, – a landscape and that's you know we're sitting here in early november it's election day in the u.s so mm-hmm. everybody everybody go vote um but uh we want to we want to look at uh the closers we're gonna we're gonna vote for and uh i i just want to see if we can get through uh each team and just give sort of an overview now there are going to be some where we have to say we just don't know but mm-hmm. um so you've agreed to do it i appreciate it um so let's just get started um so uh, let's just go league by league with the American League uh, in the East. You got the, uh, the Orioles, or I'll just go in alphabetical order. So the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, at the end of the year, it was Cesar Valdez. This is a team mm-hmm. I have never really wanted to trust. Uh, I think Roster Resource has um, Hunter Harvey. But uh, what do you think about the Orioles? Is this, is this a team that you can ever count on, or should this just be avoided, especially if they're drafting in November? Yeah, I mean, if you're drafting now, you're, you're going to leave this at the end. Um, you shouldn't be trying to get an Orioles reliever as your as your second closer. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen the save numbers go down, and it's it's appreciably even more noticeable with Baltimore. Uh, they had five different people get saves last year. Uh, Cole Sulcer led the team in them and then lost the gig. Uh, it was a revolving door after that. Uh, you know, we do like a little bit of the upside with Tanner Scott. We are interested in Harvey. If he can show health, but that's something he's battled with. He had elbow discomfort uh, during the first spring training, and that kind of delayed his arrival. He never really looked comfortable last year. Uh, but but we go over the last three years. They use 15 different pitchers to get a save. Um, they only have 65 total. I mean, I know last year was an abbreviated season, but we're still talking three seasons, 65 saves. Uh, the leader of that group is Michael Givens, who's no longer with the team. He has 20. So, I mean, that's only a 30% share, uh, you know, of these things. So I, I don't know that I want to be getting too involved in this bullpen. Uh, again, you, if you want to take, a, you know, around 39 draft spot on Tanner Scott, and hopefully he gets you five or something, and maybe some strikeouts, that's fine. But uh, unless they make a free agent splash or somebody emerges from their minor league system, uh, I'm with you on avoiding this pen. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. They haven't, I mean, you know, you said Givens with 20 over however many, three years, you know, that's that's not a bullpen that you can really count on. And this early, we don't have any idea who that next guy could be. So Tanner Scott, 39th round, you heard it here first. Um, so we'll just go <laughs> alphabetically, uh, Boston Red Sox. So it was kind of Matt Barnes at the end of the year. Um, I think roster resource has him, you know, to keep the job, at least for now. Do you think that Correct. lasts throughout the, uh, throughout the off season? 
you know, he finished the season really well. He kind of surprised me. I never really got into the Barnes bidding wars uh, after the workman trade. Um, that kind of the reason is, is he suffers of some of the same things as working with the high walk rate. Um, mm-hmm. So traffic on bases makes us avoid some closers. So uh, same deal with that starting staff being such a mess uh, and things of that nature. I just, you know, again, Barnes did very well with nine saves last year that ended up being, you know, pretty strong compared to Workman's four. They only had three get it uh, the last three years. This is a, has been a very stable bullpen, though, if you want to look on that. And uh, the last three years, there's only been 10 different pitchers get a save with Boston. Uh, obviously, Kimbrough leads the group there over the last three years. But, um, you know, again, I just I have a hard time with Barnes's 12.5 walk percentage. So mm-hmm. that's 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 what gives me pause. Again, he can rack up strikeouts. And when he and last year when he gets hot, he can look good. And actually, Ryan Brazier uh, was striking out a ton of people near the end of the season, too. Those were kind of an under the radar. Nice little combo going down the stretch. But, um, yeah, again, that's not somebody I would be looking for. But if I was desperate, then I might get him as my third closer. That's great. So Barnes, Barnes may keep stay the guy, but if you're looking for a forty something round pick, maybe Brian Brazier is worth looking at too. Uh, Him or Dar- I've always say- liked, yeah. Oh, sorry, I've always liked Darwin's and Hernandez. Just another guy just has had trouble staying healthy and whatnot. But uh, I think there's electricity in that arm. He's a he's he's not as good as an Aroldis Chapman, but he could be a Aroldis Chapman light. Um, he will never Is have he? the high strikeouts like him, but same thing. If he could ever control his arsenal, he, he could actually end up being a guy at the end of the season that could close for them like the last month or so. If they end up trading like Barnes, just like last year, trading workmen uh, near the deadline. Okay, great. So a couple of late, late guys to just grab just in case Barnes doesn't hold the job. Cause you're right to say, you know, when you have that walk issue, that, does make it hard to hold the job sometimes but Barnes probably the guy I would say my advice don't push him up so maybe if you're in the teens rounds um and you know your other targets are gone then maybe Barnes is a a decent target but I don't if he gets pushed if he gets the workman treatment from last year then don't pay it so no um let's move on to the Chicago White Sox so uh they're Alex Colome was uh, one of the leaders this year in saves but uh, he is now a free agent Will they bring him back? Are we looking at Aaron Bummer time? Um, I think roster resource has Bummer for now, but it all depends on offseason signing. So does Colome come back? I would think they would pay him to come back, especially if he's comfortable with the team. Uh, I'm really curious what's going to happen with all this White Sox stuff. We're bringing La Russa in because he was kind of one of the forefront thinkers of mixing up the bullpen leverage areas and things of that nature. So um, I almost think they have to bring Colome back if they're serious about making a run at this division and, and a world championship. Okay. I don't think That's there's good. enough arms there to, you know, you know, bummers coming back from the injury and things of that nature. And Cody here actually pitched well. He had the other save last year outside of Colome. Uh, but again, this is a, another relatively calm bullpen. So if Colome gets that job back, you know, he's just one of those guys where you get as, as a reliable one. But, um, you know, it's a capped upside. What would you do? I don't know if you do a lot of drafts this early, but if you were drafting right now, what if you had to pick between Colome and Barnes, uh, you know, before Colome signs again? Uh, I'd rather have 
Colome just based on track record. He has a much yeah. better walk percentage and keeps, you know, there's times where he looks awful, but he, he has a much better whip and ratio stats than I think Barnes will get over a full season. All right, perfect. That's the White Sox then. And I, and I agree. I think, again, you know, all of these guys that aren't completely locked in, you know, returning, have the job, and, you know, and even a little bit better walk rate than, than like a Barnes. I think, you know, you just want to make sure you're, you're looking for bargains this early. You know, if you're drafting in November, you want to try to find bargains because you're going to, you're not going to have the certainty that we'll have in March. So um, yes. maybe a couple guys to target late, but don't certainly don't overpay because we think Colin is coming back. All right. Uh, Cleveland Indians. So we're not going by the division. We're just going to take the American <laughs> league alphabetically here. Um, All right. So hand Brad hand has been, uh, been released. Uh, and it, it doesn't sound to me like they're bringing him back. I'll let you correct me if I'm wrong, but is it Karinchik time? Is he the guy? Uh, my man, special K. Yes. Uh, I want to <laughs> say, I want to say yes. The only thing that would make me nervous is if Francona, um, identifies him as his guy like hand was before back with Cody Allen, where he would use him in the highest leverage mm. mode. Same thing he did with Andrew Miller. Um, that's the only, yeah. that's the, yes. The only thing that would make me nervous is if he, if he decides Karinchak is his best reliever. So he's going to use him at the highest leverage moment, whether it's the seventh, the eighth or the ninth, um, then that could depress his save total. But uh, the kid's an absolute stud. Uh, when we do the conclusion at the end, uh, I'll, I'll bring him up because he qualified uh, back when I really started covering closers almost full time for, you know, fan graphs and fantasy alarm. Uh, I used the the hater breakout in 2017 and there was three metrics I used and Karinchak does qualify with all three of those from last season. So well, that that's your teaser for the end. <laughs> awesome. um, the, wild, the one thing to worry thing. about there is, yeah, the one thing to worry about there is you do have Clause um, so again, if, if Francona decides he wants Karinchak to be the guy as far as the extinguisher, then it might be him and Clase kind of sharing that role depending on on the situation. But um, if if Karinchak does get that job from op- from the from the opening gun, uh, you have a chance at a top five closer. Awesome. Yeah, I think I would have to take Karinchak certainly over Barnes and maybe over Colome, just of the guys we've talked that. I talked about so far, although, you know, with, with I think a lot of I'll, depends I'll keep on how you're building. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep giving the caveat that you don't want to overpay because this could all change. And maybe class A is another good call out for like a round 35 guy or something. Um, right. If you're taking, if, yeah, if you're taking, if you're in a DC and you're taking Karinchak, I think you have to handcuff him with class A just in case. But they won't be bringing hand back. You think? Uh, I think they might've burned that bridge. Um, just, I guess you know, they could bring someone else. In, I mean, turning down it's turning down a thing for ten million. It sounds like they want to save money, and that's not where they're going to spend it. If they want to keep that rotation as close to intact as possible, they see that they can probably get different arms to lead up to Karinchak and Klaze, and they're going to build that way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think they're they're being cheap anyway, so they'll probably work with what they have. <laughs> All right, the Detroit Tigers, this may be a quick avoid, but they ended with Brian Garcia, but a lot of guys had saves there or, or tried. Um, I, I was going to say that they were – Actually, they only usually... three got saves. Okay, well, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there weren't that many opportunities, but Jimenez had the job for most of the season, and um, you know <sighs> the Tigers are usually pretty loyal to the guy, but he was just too bad to keep the role, so – uh, does Brian Garcia keep it? Do they go somewhere else? Do we have no idea? 
Um, I think Detroit might be interesting. You know, you're bringing AJ Hinch in there, and and he's used to cobbling together a bullpen a little bit from you know his days in Houston before they traded for Asuna. He was always kind of scrambling to to piece together the back end of that bullpen. Um, that this would be a team where if they they could bring Shane Green back, uh, make some of the fans happy. Um, there's, there's some cheap free agents. They could try like a Trevor May flyer. He's used to that division. He's got strikeout upside and he probably won't be overpriced, uh, to put in there as a, as a closer or setup guy. Um, and then in the future, you're looking at Zach Hess. He was a guy that impressed in spring training and the summer camp last year. Uh, the beat writers were hyping him up. Um, he's a high octane guy that that could eventually take over. I don't know if he's ready to take over by, say, August of 2021, but he would be somebody and uh, people that are always looking for dynasty flyers. Uh, you stash him down there late and see what happens. You might get a couple of cheap saves down the stretch. So. Um, I think I think Detroit will sign somebody. Garcia had a nice little run at the end of the season, but he has a hard time striking people out. And I, you know, that always caps a, a closer's upside. I mean, I know you can have a season like Kinsler did, but I don't think Garcia is as good as Kinsler. Okay, and Gregory Soto. I'm not sure if you threw out his name. Is he coming? Is he still a Tiger? Oh yeah, he'll still be a Tiger. Um, I still, you know, he had that strong start, and then the league kind of figured him out a little bit, and then he struggled down the stretch. Um, I still think he's a compliment guy. He can end up being like somebody that gets the last two outs if there's lefties, things of that nature. But um, yeah, so I, this is I, definitely I've, I've what read I would more call... good things about Hess. So I would call this team a soft avoid. I mean, if you're looking for a closer in the first 20 rounds or even maybe the first no, 30 yeah, rounds, no. just avoid the Tigers. But Greg just threw out a lot of good names for targeting after the 35th round or so. I'm just sort of, uh, you know, for draft champions, that's invaluable. And uh, Roster mm-hmm. Resource agrees. They have a committee. So I think that's a good word. Houston Astros. Uh, Ryan Presley, is that the guy? I mean, as soon as hurt and gone or – yeah, maybe, they maybe, they let him go. So as soon um, as so, free agent. So anybody but Presley uh, interest you here, or were you here, or do you are you pretty confident in Presley being the guy? Um, I think they'll look to Presley. Uh, they you know they did get a nice little break with the uh, the guys. I would have been interested in Christian Javier, but they're going to put him back in the rotation. He was strong out of the bullpen in the playoffs, really short in those games. Uh, Anoli Parides is a guy to keep an eye on. He had a nice little. Uh, breakthrough and Blake Taylor is a lefty, but I think Blake Taylor will probably go back and, and work towards being a rotational guy, but you never know how teams are going to handle what they did down the stretch in 2020. As we look, look towards 2021, there's, there's so many variables and ways that these things can go. But, um, you know, Presley's always been a solid guy as long as he's healthy. I mean, he produced yeah. 12 saves battling all of those issues he had at the beginning of the season where I saw some people were dropping them. They got frustrated and then you flushed away 12 saves <laughs> to the to the waiver wire at a season where they were invaluable. Yikes. Yeah. Has he been healthy before this year? I really don't know his history. For the most part, for the most part, he, okay. you know, there was little lingering things and goofy stuff. And, and I think even Nick Anderson of the race spoke to, it was such a compressed season. It was very hard right. to, to maintain health. Cause you just didn't get the, the normal time off or chances True, in between yeah. the lift and run and do the things to, to rebuild uh, some of those, some of those areas. So, you know, you're going to get Anderson at a discount this year, which is a good thing, but, you know, trying to evaluate how these guys did in this season is very tough. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to say probably Presley 
the, uh, the, the leader so far of all the ones we've talked about for role and skills. Uh, I'm probably taking him first so yeah. far. If you're drafting today, yeah. 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 All right, Kansas City Royals. This is one I'm not going to touch probably no matter what you tell me. <laughs> um, Roster Resource has Stallmont, and he's very good, but he's uh, even going – I mean, you know, if you can get him in the 30th round, he's a good guy, but is he going to be the closer? No. Um, and and I I fell for that trap. I love Stallman's upside and I hyped him up in, in the coffee and closers and, and I ignored the fact and, and uh, a fellow writer tried to warn me. Uh, and, he, you know, he's been a Cardinals fan for years and years. He said, Matheny will not give that role to a to a young gun like that. So. Um, and he was proven right. You know, they, they use Rosenthal, they use Greg Holland, they use Jesse Hahn, they used anybody they could, uh, over Stallman. So, um, yeah, this, I, I think there's a, a way, I think there's a, there's a chance that Rosenthal comes back to them. Kind of like, you know, when Chapman got trades to the Cubs and returned to the Yankees, I think you can see something similar there. Cause he's so comfortable with the team, the city and his, and his former manager with St. Louis, uh, Mike Matheny. I think there's a bond there. Um, I don't know that Kansas city would have to outpay other teams for him to go back there. Um, so, so that's how I'm kind of seeing this bullpen. I mean, if you're drafting it as of now with Rosenthal and Holland as free agents, I would put Jesse Hahn atop that list just because he was getting the saves. I mean, Jake Newberry had more saves than Stallman. So I, I have a hard time putting him up there and, and Stallman has some of the same issues as Barnes with the walks. He's really got to get the control. He, he has electric stuff. Believe me, you, you see those pitching ninja gifts and all those things. And you're like, damn, this guy's unhittable. And then uh, sometimes his fastball gets a little too straight. So you know, uh, there, there's something to be said for movement and those old pitchers with savvy. But, you know, the, the last three years, there's been 16 different pitchers for the Royals get a save. Last year, they had five. Um, again, I, I oh, think wow. it's I think if they bring back Rosenthal, then obviously he elevates right to that role. But we'll have to see how that goes. But I would put Han first, Barlow second, Stallman third if you were drafting today. I like it. But if you take any of them before the 30th round, then you, you get what you uh, deserve. Yeah, you're rolling the dice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's one I've been avoiding, but I want to hear what you say. The Los Angeles Angels. Uh, was it Mike Mayers at the end of the season? And it was. Who's it going to be in 2021? Um, well, since he's going to have the same manager, I think it'll be his role to lose as they break camp. But again, if, if the Angels are really going to do this, you don't know if they're going to go out and splash in the free agent market. Um, this would seem like a nice landing spot for Brad hand. If his elbow, uh, proves out healthy during MRIs and whatever teams are going to do for physicals, that would seem like a natural transition landing spot for him, especially because that bullpen really doesn't have a lot of lefties. Um, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, you know, they also had Mayors, a pretty... you know, it's funny. Mayors qualifies under the same thing I talked about with Karinchak, but to put, let that marinate for a minute. Wow. Well, so they had a pretty quick leash with Hansel Robles, wouldn't you say? Or did you think he deserved to get the get the hook? He did, but you know, it's funny. I loved Hansel Robles, but then as soon as they signed the the guy that got fired from the Mets to be their pitching coach, I almost thought that that was the death nail for Robles because obviously he did not do well with the Mets, leading to his release from that team. When uh, who is it? Was it Peterson? Is that the guy that used to manage the the Mets and then went there as the pitching coach? But that that was just it, it seemed to me a match made not for heaven so um, they did have a quick leash in them but Robles did not pitch very well last year even at the end they tried to get him back in there and he just 
with, had the gopheritis. So I, I don't know what happened with it. If it was a health thing, will we always find these things out three months later? But um, right now it would be Myers, but I still think that they'll be dipping into the free agent pool because all of their young guys haven't, haven't really flashed. And the one guy they did trade for, Gerardo Reyes, is an arm to, to maybe take a, a round 50 flyer on. Okay, great. I always love those. And it sounds like Mayer's, uh, there's potential for him to be the guy, but, but probably don't take him before the 20th round. Correct. All right. Minnesota Twins, we got Taylor Rogers still there and uh, Romo not still there. So is, is Rogers going to be the every save guy for once? Or are they going to bring in someone or promote someone to mess with him? Um, I assume they'll bring one of their guys back. I think Romo hinted that he would like to go back to that team. Same with Nelson Cruz, if they could do it uh, to try and make another run, but those guys aren't getting any younger. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, even when Rogers had his dominant year in, in 2019, they, they were really hesitant to use him uh, a lot in a row, almost like the Chapman treatment where they would never pitch him three days in a row. And they tried to avoid back-to-backs if they could. Um, so, I mean, Rogers is still the top arm there to own, but, um, you know, hopefully he can bounce back this year and be closer to his former self. I think again, 2020 is so hard to gauge people, but he's, he's the arm to own there, but I still think there's always going to be a Robin to his Batman in that bullpen. I think that's a perfect way to put it. Uh, there's probably some places to take a stab. Maybe Romo comes back. Taylor, Taylor Rogers, you're not going to have to pay what you paid last year, seventh or eighth Correct. round. So if you can get him in the 14th or 15th round, I say go for it. Yes. Um, New York Yankees, we have Araldis Chapman. How, how do you feel about his – I mean, I think we can pretty much pencil him in as the guy, but do you, mm-hmm. how do you feel about his, uh, his health, his, his dominance, his, you know, anyone nipping at his heels? Are you pretty solid on Araldis? Uh, I, I avoided him last year, thankfully. Um, and, and you can take a raw this, but then you almost have to guarantee that you're drafting Zach Britton later to handcuff him. So if you're taking him, then you're taking two relievers and you're probably going to have to overpay for Britain just to make sure that you get them, especially in a DC where you can't do trades. So, um, if you're doing that, you have to keep that in mind. Um, I, I, you know, I don't mind that because the Yankees are very stable, um, as far as it goes, they, and, but again, they, they won't use Chapman three days in a row. So that still makes Britain valuable. So, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world to go do that. But, um, and I also intrigued because supposedly at the end of the year, he had a splitter, which we'll have to see if that can get his strikeout percentage to go back up a little bit. Um, so that's it, but he's just volatile. I don't know. There's just something about that guy. At, at a personal level, I don't trust. I, I just, you know, I don't think he'd be somebody I want in my locker room as a teammate. You know what I mean? Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Definitely, we we agree he's the guy. But uh, that's a really good point about Zach Britton. And uh, I'm sick enough to have done two draft champions already, and uh, Britton went in the 28th round in, in both. So maybe that's worth it for the upside of Chapman. You you make the call, drafter. Yes. Um, yeah. If you're taking Chapman in, what is he probably going in like the sixth? Chapman is going a little bit later this year, and I'm not okay. sure why. Maybe people are. Well, that's okay. Way. I think I think last year resonates with people. You know, the the one thing about closers is we always draft based on last year, not the year coming up, and that's that's been a that's been a downfall of many drafters through these years. We we just we're very reactionary, not proactive. Yeah, I, I just checked, and he went 
maybe mid to late seventh. So not that much okay. later, but if you can get him in the eighth or ninth and then get Britain in the 26th or something, I, right. it's not, that's not a terrible way to go. It's not awful. Yeah. All right. Oakland athletics uh, has Liam Hendricks is a free agent now. Mm-hmm. Um, do they have someone who's going to step into that role? Are they going to bring him back? What do you think? Uh, they've been pretty good at finding guys and recycling them through. We'll just have to see how they handle all of this. Um, I really have to dig into their their minor league system and things of that nature. But, um, you know, Puck's never shown the ability to stay healthy. Maybe they make him a reliever to keep him on the, on the field more often. Maybe short burst is a little better for his shoulder. Um, so that, that would be someone I would keep in the back of my brain. I mean, you know, uh, Hendricks and Sri, I believe are both free agents. So they're going to have to redo that whole bullpen. Maybe they bring Trinan back at a reduced price, uh, that wow, I, there's so a I lot to, of questions on what Oakland's going to do. So that they're, they're a tenuous on, uh, Liam Hendricks for just a second. He's actually going in the fifth round. Uh, he and Hader are the two first closers off the board. And so I think a lot of people are assuming he comes back. Um, maybe that's a mistake. <laughs> Yeah, the the latest MLB rumors is suggesting that the Phillies might go make a make make a big run at Hendricks since they're obviously we know their bullpen was a tire fire last year. So, um, <laughs> you know, there there's a chance Philly overpays to just get that security of the ninth inning because um, gotcha. they want to make a statement to their fans. So uh, we'll have to see how that happens. But you know, obviously there's comfort in him being in Oakland because we know what he does there. Uh, it's just funny because last year people were saying they didn't want to draft him because they thought he was going to suffer the same fate as Trinan and, and Hendricks turned in just as good of a year. So um, he kind of he kind of showed his wares. So I, I think that's what people are willing to pay for in the fifth rounds. They know wherever he's going to be, he's going to be the big dog. All right. Well, so if somebody else pays for him, then Oakland is is looking pretty open, as you were saying. So yeah, that becomes uh, Rust- that becomes wide open. Rust- I mean, Resource Jake has- Diekman had a great year, but. Jakeman, uh, Rusty Resource has Wendelkin. Uh, so maybe, mm-hmm. you know, make a stab at some of these guys in the 45th round and you never know. Yeah, that, that'd be another team where you could see a May or somebody else go out there and, and just kind of, they can just flip them in there and, and let them do okay, you know, below the radar, good fastball and just let it happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's another one I have as an avoid the Seattle Mariners. Um, it was, it was Kendall Graveman at the end of the year and uh, mm-hmm. the roster resource doesn't have any other great ideas. It seems like he's the, the most likely, but uh, is he likely? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's we've seen these guys happen. You know, could he have an Ian Kennedy type year um, for Seattle and then they trade him? I could totally see that being a possibility. It almost seems like, that's become the Mariners MO. They get a guy in there, groom a little bit, flip them, and then have the next person ready to go. Um, it, it's hilarious because the guy on the roster right now with the most career saves is Johan Ramirez because he had three last season. So um, they've let everybody walk out of there. Uh, don't forget they traded for Andres Munoz. He was supposed to be the closer of the future for the Padres. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery. So he might be ready to go by mid season. If that's the case, that would, give you the exact timeline. Graveman comes in, closes the first couple of months. Once Munoz proves he's ready, they trade Graveman and he takes over. That That's almost the way I would treat the Mariners bullpen. Makes a lot of sense. Of course, we thought they were going to do that with Austin Adams last year. Well, he never traded. got healthy till the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the last year wasn't much of a, you know, much of a timeline. Well, no. okay. 
Uh, here's another avoid for me, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they've got a lot of a lot hey, They of only had arms. 12 guys get a save last year. <laughs> yep. And, and then the guy closing in the postseason wasn't one of them. So all of these guys are pitchers I would want on my team, kind of in the Devin Williams mold, uh, you know, after round 30 or something. But The stable. Uh, None of them uh, can really be counted on, so I think I'm just going to move on. <laughs> if you if you're drafting a Tampa Bay Ray, you know don't don't expect to get many saves out of them. Expect good ratios for most right. of those guys. I mean, you get to a you get to a point where if you're just looking for five saves and strikeouts, then you take a Pete Fairbanks, you know, and then you hope that maybe he gets more early on if Anderson remains in the extinguisher role. So. Um, they, they have a way of doing all that stuff. I mean, you can, you can almost get like Castillo, Fairbanks, a couple of others to say, just grab them. And, and mm-hmm. if your main closers are hurt or whatever, you can flip them in there and just hope they get a save or two. I, I think but, they're just nice backup complement arms. But you for can't Nick rely Anderson on one. especially, you know, I, I think people just overpay. And, and call me crazy, Greg, I like to get saves from my closer. So I'm just going to be Well, yeah, it's, that's the right. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have those ratio stats, but correct. I mean, it, at the end of the day, we want the saves, and it makes it difficult. And, you know, but, you know, Devin, so, Devin Williams was still very valuable last year. So speaking of a guy with not the best ratios, but who did get some saves, the Texas Rangers had uh, Rafael Montero uh, at the end of the year, and, and really yep. most of the year. Uh, does, does he keep the job? Well, see, I want to speak to him for a minute because I'm kicking myself. And, and you read the coffee and closers because I wrote in there the when everyone was going to overbid on on um, Gyro Diaz and Cole Solcer, I was like putting in a, a, a small bid on Montero might pay off big. And I didn't follow my own advice. I went and added <laughs> Solcer and Diaz and I could have had my I could have had Montero for like 12 bucks. And he ended up getting eight saves. I had those other clowns who lost a job in a month. So, you know, I, I got to start listening to me on some of those things. Not that I'm always right, but I had that call dead on. If you had Montero as your as your backup well, bid and you got him, you, you ended up profiting. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I, I got him uh, when you said to on one team. And then the next week I tried to get him on another team and I got outbid. So, right. Uh, it's, so the, the key that. to this is always, yeah, the key to this is always being a week ahead. Um, and that's, it's just funny to me how I'll have these great, uh, you know, you have a great idea and you share it and then you're like, why didn't I do that? And, um, <laughs> but it's okay. Now there's the curse in Texas. It's like every year we think we have a closer. He, he implodes the next year. Uh, you know, so is this going to be the third year in a row with this? Because we all thought it was going to be, uh, I forget the guy's name and then it was Leclerc and then we thought it was going to be Leclerc and now it was Montero. It's like every year we think whoever starts out with Texas is going to be okay. And then he loses it. So, uh, we have to keep an eye on Jonathan Hernandez in that pen. They did bring up Demarcus Evans at the end of the year. So if you're taking Montero, just like we were talking about with the Yankees, then you're going to have to handcuff with Jonathan Hernandez. Uh, it's funny that we're talking about handcuffing because people hate doing that with running backs, but I think you almost have to do it. Uh, we, I think it's uh, you're canvassing a bullpen. So if you're taking the closer on day one, you need to have his backup one and sometimes even the backup number two. And it's crazy, but in a DC where you get no, when you get no fob, uh, you have to do those things. So if you're deciding to be in a situation, you better be all in. 
think that's pretty smart. Uh, they might be going a little early for me, um, but if you can, you know, if you can get Montero after round 15 or so, maybe it's worth a shot. Uh, I'd rather have the, the next guy we're going to talk about, but that's fine. Okay. Well, let's move on then. Uh, the Blue Jays. Uh, <laughs> so it ended up with uh, Rafael Dolis, but it was a it was a lot. I think Bass might have gotten one or two, and Romano and uh, Bass. Bass led him. He had seven. Okay. So what? So so is he is he back? Uh, is it Dolis? Is uh, it Bass is a free agent. Dolis. They did take the they 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 uh, did the team thing, so they kept him on there. So they picked up his option. Uh, as long as the finger is healthy, though, I, I was hyping Jordan Romano for a while, and I, I think he could take this job and run with it. Um, so we just got to make sure that finger's healthy. But um, if, he, if he enters camp and he's ready to rock, I would much rather have him compared to Montero and a few of the other guys we've spoken of. Um, I, I think this could be a, a very nice quiet because people with the injury might depress him in their drafts a little bit. I, I think he's somebody right now that's probably going too late. Wow. Okay. Well, that's pretty strong, strong words. Uh, he's and actually then, going then, earlier than you would think. I didn't realize this, but he went in the 13th or 14th round in both. Of yeah, mine. that seems about right. I'd be willing to go round 10 or 11 if I wanted him as my second closer. I, I would be okay with that. Wow. Well, you know, I trust you, Greg. I'm taking the avoid off of the Blue Jays. <laughs> I'm moving. Romano you don't have to take it the- off, but yeah, I, I, that kid really impressed me last year. And what I really liked the most was sometimes you see a guy and he's kind of looks like a bulldog. And I, that he has that look to me. I just think like, I think he has the mental tenacity to handle that position. He did look really, really good. And I, you know, my main thing was health. So we'll watch the finger, but um, you know, make sure it's healthy. But for now, if you can get him, like Greg said, after the 10th or 11th round, maybe Romano is uh, going to be a top-notch closer for you. And Giles had uh, Tommy John, so don't worry about him. He's, uh, he's not yeah. going back in 2021, yeah. unfortunately. The Toronto's well, really going to kick themselves not dealing him when they could have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You always deal a closer when he's, when he's got a value. Well, we just rocked through the American League, unless I missed any teams. So uh, nope. you ready for the National? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So the Arizona Diamondbacks, they have not been the most uh, reliable with closers. Um, end of the year with Stefan Crichton, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yep. Um, what uh, is the story here? Are they going to sign somebody? Is Ginkle still a thing? Is I guess Bradley's long gone. I don't know. I Yeah, they trade him to Cincinnati, so. Do we need to avoid this or is it is Crichton the guy or, or, or what should we know? He did not do bad. You know, it's funny. He's a guy that really is able to uh, avoid bats or at least hard contact. Um, I think I was reading at his end of the season thing. He only gave up one barrel last year. So um, hmm. he's somebody that might be okay. But again, he's, he's just one of those solid guys. You know, he's in the Kinsler mode, not a lot of strikeouts, but he kind of gets you through those innings. There'll be a rocky day here and there, but if you're getting the saves, you're happy. So again, uh, he—he's a—he's a—he's a third closer if you're taking him. But in a DC, I would probably avoid this bullpen. You know, I—I I was high on Ginkle. He struggled with injuries and and his control last year. Maybe he can right the ship next season and be sneaky. But uh, when you look at their last three years, 14 pitchers had a save, but the the person with the most saves over the last three years for them is Brad Boxberger. <laughs> well that's pretty so, telling yeah that's they've just had, they've had uh, 
bad luck more than anything. It's not that they've been disloyal. They've just had guys that have played themselves out of the role. And mm-hmm. Crichton doesn't inspire confidence. But I think, like you said, if you can get him at a certain price, you know. Right. If you're desperate, yeah. If, if you're sitting there in around 35 and he's hanging around and somebody hasn't picked him, then grab him. But, again, you're, you're not taking him for upside. You're taking him for a, a base of, you know, 13 to 15 saves. And that's what you're hoping to get out of him until – uh, we don't know what Arizona's going to do with that bullpen. That's another team where I can see dipping their toes into one of the uh, the lower priced free agents and, and trying to squeeze some saves out of them. Okay, so they could sign somebody. They could decide to go committee. We just we're, we're that, a little that could bit. be somebody like Jeremy Jeffress ends up things of that nature. You just get a reliable veteran and just have him there as you know as a backup in case Crichton can't handle it. Then you move to him. Okay, I think I'm back to avoiding this one. <laughs> yeah, I would. Well. That moves us to the Atlanta Braves, which to me is a little bit more murky than people are pretending like, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Lanson's a free agent and then Correct. Will Smith, if they were going to just usher him into the job, they would have done it last year at some point. Right. Uh, um, he never really, he never really bounced back from the, the COVID and the other stuff. I think, I think you have to give Smith a pass last year, but he's somebody in spring. You really want to monitor with his velocity and how he looks immediately. Um, Smith could be an absolute bargain, uh, but it's same like we've been talking about. If you're taking him as of now, you have to take Chris Martin too, uh, just to, just to canvas that bullpen, the way that it's, that it's set up here. Here's, here's the, uh, one of the ironies here. They've had four guys with 18 or more saves the last three years, AJ Minter, Luke Jackson, Arodis Viscaino, and Mark Melanson. So I mean, this is this this can be a tumultuous bullpen. So it's hard to say. I, I could see any Will Smith they, doing it, but I don't know. Any chance they bring Melanson back or no? They might. I mean, again, it, it seemed to be pretty stable, and Melanson and Smith have been teammates for years. So I don't think there's an ego thing between my bullpen, your bullpen, sort of a thing. So. Um, they're used to kind of sharing that role, so I don't see that being a big issue. If they brought him back, then it would be there. I, I think Green's more likely to leave because I think he wants to go somewhere else to close. But um, and, and Green's another guy that can end up in Arizona, Detroit, like we've been talking about. Um, so yeah, I could see Melanson going back. So here's my case. I think I might be avoiding the Braves because I feel like if I get Will Smith and Chris Martin and then they end up bringing Melanson back, I'm going to punch myself in the face. And uh, yes. interestingly, and I think this might be why, Ruster Resource has Martin, believe it or not, and they have uh, Will Smith in the eighth. And I think mm-hmm. that could be, you know, they tend to put in a placeholder when when they're thinking something's going to change, you know, um, I, yeah. I need to, I, I'm kind of guessing here. I need to email Jason about it, but, but my guess is that they're, they're, they're thinking that Melanson's coming back, which that would just be a real gut punch. If you spent a decent amount on Will Smith and then also drafted Martin. So personally I'm, I'm, I'm out. So let's just yeah. move on to the Cubs, but, but it, thanks for uh, going through all that. The, the Cubs had Jeffress as the guy because Kimbrell just played himself out of the role. Now Jeffress is a free agent and Kimbrell's back. So is there any hope for Kimbrell or are they going to look somewhere else? Well, with what they're paying Kimbrell, they want him to be the closer, whether he can get back to any sort of semblance to what he used to be. I mean, we don't need Kimbrell to be Ventures Kimbrell. We just need him to be effective. I mean, you know, throw strikes, but he had a hard time last year. He's another one. We talked about a flat, straight fastball. That That's what he was throwing last year. It's not that the velocity was bad. He was throwing 98 miles an hour, but they were straight as dart. 
um, major league hitters can time 98 mile per hour fastballs, you know, you and I can't, but that's why we're talking on a podcast. So, um, uh, I, 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 I've, I was out on Kimbrel two years ago. I was out on him last year and I'll probably remain out on him this year. That, that could be a mistake, but it's a mistake. I'd rather, I'd rather be wrong about him than gamble on him and, and totally be burned. I think this is an avoid for me too. I think I had Kimberl on just one team out of my too many teams last year. And I just, it was painful. You know, it, you, you knew he was going to lose the job, but you, you would leave him in your lineup thinking, well, maybe he can get one save this week before he loses it. And it's just, it's like you said, it's a, it's a straight fastball. And sometimes he doesn't even know where that's going. You know, it'll be straight over yeah, the pitcher's and the, head. I don't know. There was one game I watched where he uncorked like two different wild pitches and it was just like a train wreck. I, I didn't, I couldn't turn the channel, but it was hard to watch it, you know, because yeah. you remember him being so great. And again, oh, he was maybe, maybe his man, years. maybe Ross can turn him around, but uh, there's got to be a mechanical glitch or something. But uh, I don't know if, I don't know if it's too far gone or not, but I'd rather How let somebody else take it. it? in Boston where you were Papelbon and then Kimbrell were, were the dynasty, you know, I mean, those were mm-hmm. fun, fun years. And I'm, I'm afraid it's coming to an end. And I think I'm just going to, cause the, the, the problem is I don't even know who I would handcuff him with. Um, there's, uh, well, there's it's probably, a, it's probably Wick without Jeffress there, but you know, I mean, Wick well, is solid. I feel like Wick should have had at least more of a chance this year, maybe because Jeffress was there. Like you said, I, I think got, Ross deferred to the veteran. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, if you're going to get Kimbrell for, for sure, try to handcuff him. I, I don't feel confident picking. No. Um, all right. Cincinnati Reds, uh, Iglesias for, for all we've said, and I don't know if you've said this, but I certainly have been sort of tentatively off of him for a while because he, he goes pretty early and he always looks shaky and, and there's always other guys nipping at his heels that have a lot of talent. But mm-hmm. he keeps the job, and he seems to still have it. What, what do you think? Iglesias is one of those guys you draft him, and you feel dirty, and then you're like, oh, well, you know. I got 35 saves. <laughs> you, you almost don't – yeah, you don't want to watch him close a game, but it's better to see the box score the next day, and you're like, oh, he got the save. Okay. Uh, he walked two guys, but he got the save. Um, here's the funny thing. he's He's got 73 of the last 94 saves for the Reds bullpen. That's the last three years. So he's, that's he's, that's over. He's got 77% of their saves. So, I mean, he's almost an 80% save share. So again, you never feel great taking him, but he's one of the safer guys out there, even though they have tons of talent up and down that bullpen. Um, you know, Amir Garrett and, and they've got, uh, they, Lucas Sims had a great year and now they've got Bradley there as a backup and, and Glacius just, he's like the Teflon man. There's fires all around the building and he just walks out and keeps saving games. So actually you know, never, he is who he is. I've never made this analogy before now in my head and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of, it's a little bit like the twins with, with Taylor Rogers, you know, you know, somebody else is going to get a few saves, but Iglesias is going to be the guy. And so, yeah, but yeah. I mean, last year he had eight out of nine. I mean, Garrett yeah. had one. I mean, that's, you know, the Reds had a weird season where they either like lost one by a blowout. There wasn't a lot of close games for that team. It was, or Bauer was getting uh, seven inning complete games. You know, it was such a strange year with the double headers and things of that nature. I, I think it changed a lot of the stats, but you know, it's again, again, he's an 80% share closer the last three years that you can't find that stability on probably, I would say what five teams. 
Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I'm not going to steer anybody away from Iglesias. I will say that if he's going in the seventh or eighth and Taylor Rogers is going four rounds later, uh, I'm not, yeah. I'm not Se- up seventh Iglesias. or eighth is too steep for my blood based on his ratio stats. But again, if he's, he's just who he is. And in redraft leagues, he, you know, he's, he's a solid pick. Yeah. He's definitely worth, you know, having on a, um, a team or two, just, I'm trying not to get the same guy on every team last year because I had far too much Ian Kennedy last year. <laughs> oh boy! All right, Colorado Rockies. This is actually this is my guy here. Daniel Bard ended with the job, and uh, this is a crazy story. I mean, he hadn't pitched for years until was it was it 2019, or he was pitching somewhere else. Or you 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 tell it better. Uh, but he also I doesn't use. seem like a he didn't throw uh 97 like he does now before mm-hmm. he had a, yeah now he's 35 years old i believe yeah but you know he's fresh so i mean at least we know he can he's just gonna go out there and he's got nothing to lose he's gonna give it his all and keep on trucking um as long as the rockies i don't see the rockies have too many other fires to put out than be worrying about rebuilding their bullpen so um again they might try and add a you know pay, overpaying bullpen arms has not worked out for Colorado. So they have to go to the cheap route. Um, you know, I, I would see them, they need guys who throw hard and get ground balls. Um, that's, that's something they really need to focus on as an organization. But, um, I think Bard, you know, he's, he could be a tremendous bargain if he can keep that role. Well, I shouldn't have said anything because I got him in the 20th round in one of my drafts and he went two picks before me in the 20th round and another. So if anybody's listening to this podcast, they're going to, you know, he's going to uh, well, get a 20th round. That's, that's a nice spot to get a guy that that's in its tremendous situation. I, know, like, like to- I said, I, I, I can't see Colorado going out and going crazy. And they got, I, I think Givens is, is still under contract with them, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, they'll, they'll go with Bard, Givens, Kinley, uh, you know, Estevez back in there. So they still got Diaz can be a, a sixth inning guy, stuff of that nature. So yeah, yeah. I'm okay with Bard. That's about as much job security as you can ask for at this point. Mm-hmm. Speaking of job security, let's move on to the Dodgers with Kenley Jansen. He's speaking of Teflon guy. Uh, yes. Well, we'll see. Until the, playoffs until the postseason <laughs> this year. Yeah, uh, the post, postseason exposes him a little bit. Um, he's somebody I'm kind of – I will probably avoid him again this year. Two years ago, I was all there, and then last year I was a little wary, and then this year, um, he's another guy. Seventy-six point one percent of his saves the last three years, he's got eighty-three of one hundred nine for the Dodgers. I mean, they tr- they trusted him so much in the regular season, but now that they have that World Championship, uh, I think Roberts will have a little bit more less of a leash on him. Um, I, I want to say like Gratterall could emerge, but he's very hittable at times. Um, so I'm curious to see what LA does when they rebuild this bullpen. Trinan's a free agent. Uh, Baez is a free agent. So, you know, I don't know if we're going to see Friedman show his true colors and, and get a bunch of guys and just rebuild that bullpen the way he used to do in Tampa Bay. That was kind of the template that he brought, you know, he made in Tampa Bay and hasn't done yet in LA. I'm curious to see if that'll start happening. So now that these guys have their ring, I think you're going to see things shift a little bit. So I'm really curious. So I'm avoiding Jansen, even though that's a, a great team with a pile of wins. Um, I'd be paying very close attention to who they sign. And, uh, and, and if they decide to convert any of their starters into relievers down in the minors. 
That's a, that's great. I think that's a pretty strong avoid for me, at least early. And then maybe somebody like Gratterall, if he's going in the 30th round, uh, might, might be worth grabbing. We just got to get him a good secondary pitch. I mean, we know he can throw hard and he's got that sinker, but we need something that's going to generate a few more swings and misses. All right. If he, if he develops a pitch, like if he gets a, a better slider or a good changeup or something, you know, improves one of those pitches and that comes around, then all of a sudden he gets a lot more interesting. And Trennan's a free agent, so he may end up uh, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Miami Marlins. Uh, Kinsler was the guy in 2020 and he was, uh, he was pretty good. Uh, but now he's a, yeah, he's I, a free agent uh, or they had a club option then. I don't believe they, they declined uh, it because yeah. Craig Mish was shocked. Um, Cause you know, I've reached out to Craig uh, and DMS and whatnot, you know, and, and ask him about the Marlins situation. And, and he was very, very surprised that he, he thinks the team wants to bring them back, but they're, I don't know if they're just trying to save a few pennies or what they're doing, but um, if they don't bring them back, then you're looking at Yimmy Garcia or if they're going outside of the organization. It's funny because when I was going through the last, the last three years stats for the teams, uh, Sergio Romo has the most saves for two different teams. Miami's one. <laughs> Do you know who the other one is for the last three oh, seasons? He he's got the highest total. Oh, the Rays. Yes. Nice. He has 25 saves over the last you know he had 25 saves in tampa bay during the last three seasons that's a 20.5 percent share and then for the marlins he had 17 of their 76 saves the last three years for a 22.4 percent share so i was going through this and that just struck me as funny i'm like holy crap (laughs) you can't get rid of romo he just keeps resurfacing but yeah so uh, I think that the thing you want to listen cool to stuff. there is, yeah, 76 saves the last three seasons, but Kinsler had 12 last year. So uh, I well, think somehow they'll get Kinsler back. Uh, I think that just makes sense, but we'll we'll have to see what happens there. So the Marlins were an avoid for me last year because in 2019, it seemed like they didn't want to commit to a guy. They, they were pretty much rocking the committee, but Kinsler was mm-hmm. so steady. If they bring him back, I like him a lot. But uh, Yes, I've got I he, I got him in the you know maybe the thirteenth round or something already, which is probably a little earlier than I should have. Uh, I may I may wait to to, to build up too many more shares of, of Brandon Kinsler. Um, but Yumi Garcia is a good name for really late, and otherwise mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe Kinsler, but don't don't draft him quite as early as I did. <laughs> and then the other thing we're going to see is if they 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 decide if they decide to put a guy like Jorge Guzman into a full time reliever role. Then, then you're, then you're, then you're possibly cooking with some gas. So if they lose out on Kinsler, and they decide to look in house and and because they have a, they have a bevy of starting arms in that system, if they decide to move like a Guzman into that, and that was a name Mish gave me, uh, that's somebody to keep track of. Okay, awesome. Uh, the Brewers, we we assume Hater uh, is still the guy, or do we? A lot of people are drafting Devin Williams. I don't want to tell you how early. I mean. He was awesome. Well, he's, but, uh... he's, they're going to treat him like Nick Anderson last year. Okay. So you right? think is that, is he that will correct? Be... That's what I'm saying. I well, mean, you're doing oh, these drafts. Is he going around where Anderson was going last year? Uh, I think he will. Um, I had a weird situation where he went 13th round. So that's probably about right. And in, in one draft, but probably about where Nick Anderson was. But in one of my drafts, he went in the seventh round. He went before, uh, you know, guys that, Seem a lot. He went before Aldis Chapman, 
and I don't really yeah, understand dude. it. And dude, it may have the just only been way... sort of a rogue drafter situation, but yeah. even if he's going in the 13th round, are we are we going to tell people what we told them about Nick Anderson last year? You know, um, that the only path you have, the, the 13th round pick can pay off if the Brewers decide that Hayter's getting too expensive in arbitration. They were shopping him at the trade deadline. So if, if they're going to pinch pennies, then they might move Hayter and bring Williams in, but we have to pay attention to that injury he had the la- at the end of the season. Uh, if that if that gets anywhere near the shoulder, shoulder injuries are not good for relievers. So we 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 have to make sure that he has a clean bill of health. I mean, for me, um, you know, he had a tremendous season. I loved him. I I hyped him in I think the first Coffee and Closures article. You know, he he was a great breakthrough with that changeup. Um, uh, I just. Unless he's got a clear path to saves, it's hard to justify seventh round. So this is, let me just say something about Devin Williams. I think one of the reasons, I mean, Devin Williams, obviously tons and tons of talent. So does um, Jonathan Hernandez or somebody like that. The reason Devin Williams is going so early is because he got like a bunch of wins last year. And, and, and that, mm-hmm. you know, his fantasy value was, was great because of that. And that can, that can happen. I think, you know, Hernandez had a few as well, maybe uh, whatever the case. I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys with immense talents with just a but that's, crazy but low that's, ERA. But that's crazy, that's crazy a volatile – we all know you can't chase wins. So, yes. Well, you, you would know. think we all know, but if somebody's taking them in the seventh <laughs> round – so anyway, I, I think mean, this is going to be an avoid for me. I mean, I, I love Hater, but, you know, I can't say that Hater has a lock on the job like other guys that are going in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, you know. Well, like, they, did, they did finally use him in a traditional role last year. They kept him the one inning, which, of course, hurt him on his overall strikeout total because we got spoiled the last two the two seasons previous when he was racking up all those strikeouts, pitching 1.1, 1.2 inning outings, going to the one inning traditional role, depresses his strikeout rates. So, and, and Hader, to me, looked a little off last year. His release point was off a few times. So I don't know if there was an injury he was working through and things of that nature. So, you know, remember that one game, he had the real bout of wildness. So uh, th- there was something going on there. So we don't have to really watch and see what Milwaukee does there. But yeah, Hader with less innings um, depresses his value just a little bit as much as uh, he's a talented pitcher. And the only reason I say soft avoid on him is because he's going as early as any closer, and he's not the one that I feel most confident keeps his job all year. So is he going ahead of Edwin Diaz? He's going pretty much. He and Liam Hendricks are the first two off the board. Okay, Hader and Hendricks. Um, you know, I I just I think I'd rather wait many lap rounds later and have uh, a Karinchik or a Taylor Rogers or a Ryan Presley. So. Um, Speaking of Edwin Diaz, we're to the Mets now. And, ah, segue. Uh, yeah, so uh, glad you brought him up. What do you think about him? And you know what stinks is, you know, if if he had six more saves, we'd be talking about what a great rebound year he had. But because <laughs> people, because people are so focused on save totals, um, they they're ignoring the body of work. His strikeout percentage bounced back. His swinging strike percentage bounced back. You know, I know he had a he had a rough start to the season, but from 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 I, I think the, the I forgot the date. I have it written down for for a future article. But the, from that day forward, he he was lights out. Um, so the know. only thing that didn't bounce back was the walk rate. Twelve point seven percent actually got worse. Does that worry you uh, in a Matt Barnes kind of way? Ah, uh, a little. Let's see. Diaz has a little more swing and miss stuff, so I'm okay with it. Plus, he's on a better team. Um, 
I, you know, I, I think there's just more save chances are going to come his way this year. All that stuff kind of balances his way out. Um, I've always been a kind of an Edwin stand, so I predicted the bounce back last year. Uh, as a Met, he's got 32 of 49 saves um, since joining the team. We know Lugo took that away from him a little bit uh, the season before, and then he had a couple before going in, but they're probably going to leave him in a rotation. So that's about a 65% share. Uh, I'm okay with Edwin. Um, yeah, so I, I, as a matter of fact, I'd probably take him. I, I would prefer zigging to him over over Hater right now, but that's just me. Well, he only only about fifty five percent of the time are people even making contact against Edwin Diaz. So I'm not going to worry too much about the strikeouts there. I think you're right. Uh, you know, if nothing else, you're going to have a bunch of strikeouts, and you know, I think he keeps the job. Um, I do too. You know, the problem is he is going to be one of the first few off the board but he's, mm-hmm. he's probably worth it so uh and there's is there anyone else here that you would handcuff or try to get later uh wilson's a free agent i think i think the mets will go out and get one of the uh one of the one of the guys to help slot in back there and have a have a backup i like you a, know maybe bass or trinan or somebody like that Correct. Yeah. Just get one of those guys. You don't have to overpay. Sergio Romo. <laughs> Look yeah, out. Well, yeah. If Romo comes quite, to town, you can lose some saves. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Greg Holland mentally can handle New York, so I wouldn't go that venue. Um, I yeah. still think the Mets might be a team that would make a play for Brad Hand, especially because he's left-handed. Um, oh, they have the yeah. they have the money to spend to get him in there and say, and Brad Hand's used to he, he worked in tandem with Cody Allen, not being the primary closer. So that might be something he accepts to do just to, to get that paycheck and have a chance for a championship. Well, I like it. All right. Edwin Diaz, it is Philadelphia Phillies. It was, uh, it was a tumultuous year with uh, Naris sort of losing the job and Workman came in and then Workman lost the job back to Naris. Right. Yeah. So that was, you uh, said, I, uh, you said earlier that you think this is a, a a possible landing spot for Liam Hendricks, or at least that's the scuttlebutt. <laughs> to me, if a team's going to overpay, it's going to be Philadelphia because they have the they had the most glaring need with how much the bullpen dominated. Uh, their you know their beat writers were hammering that bullpen all the time. The fans were upset about blowing all those late leads. I mean, if you if you had a better closer there, they're in the playoffs. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it would help Nola and. Uh, Wheeler and those guys knowing that you got that guy at the back end. I mean, look at the, look at the amount of wins that they lost. I mean, they would have better seasons if you're, if you're closing out some of those victories for them. Um, so I, I, you know, to me, if there was a team that was, I think they're going to be willing to pay more for a reliever than they are for other positions and then work their way around those. But uh, I, I don't know if they're, what they're going to do with real Muto. So this is a team really in transition. They got a lot of decisions to make. Gotcha. But so maybe Naris not the safest. I, I I will say that I've been able to get him around the twentieth round, and so he I don't could feel be. Like... I mean, they could decide they'll they'll ride out the storm with him. And, and I did tell you to keep an eye on Connor Brogdon. The last six orts, the last six outs he recorded in twenty twenty were via strikeout. So um, uh-huh. he's he's a he's a young upside arm. He's just someone to you know he's he's a late round DC guy that you know if the Phillies don't make a splash that he could end up finding himself into uh, safe situations as the season progresses. Yeah. I got him in the 43rd round. So thanks for that. Right between yeah, Hunter Bishop and, and Dexter Fowler. So it wasn't, <laughs> was not a high pay. Yeah, uh, no, no, not at all. 
<laughs> so that, so that's uh, Philly, and definitely look out for the news because, like you said, it could be Liam Hendricks or even somebody else coming in to help. And Hector Neris could be the ninth inning guy, or he could be the eighth inning guy. So we'll just mm-hmm. have to wait and see. Um, here's one I'm super interested in: the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, finally ended up after several things happened, even going back to 2019, things we don't want to think about. Uh, with Richard Rodriguez at the end of the season, um, does he keep the role? Well, it's it's funny because I did take him in a DC last year because um, I missed out on Birdie and I was trying to canvas a little bit of that bullpen. I did, I just didn't feel like Keela was going to keep that job um, and, and things of that nature. So here's here's some fun stuff here. Uh, Richard Rodriguez is the first Pirates pitcher to ever lead a team in wins and saves in the same season. Talk about 2020 oddities. Um, <laughs> wins and, and saves. Yes. Since saves <laughs> became great. a stat in 1969, he had three wins and four saves. Uh, his eight, his .86 whip was the fifth lowest among National League relief pitchers, which surprised me with at least 20 innings pitched. Uh, he had a career best 13.1 strikeouts per nine. Uh, he was tied for six among National League relief pitchers in strikeouts. Uh, and he had 11 straight scoreless appearances at the end of the season. He almost seemed to grow into that role a little bit. It was like going into the ninth inning kind of made him become a better pitcher, if that makes any sense. He had that walk-off home run, Eric Sogard in, in Milwaukee on, in August. And then from that point forward, he was nails. Um, I'm curious. You know, I always thought he was a decent arm. Um, it's not like he's a young, he's not a young gun. I mean, he's 30 years old. So, um, I, I think you can take him. And then if you're doing that, you can, you can handcuff him with uh, Blake Cedarland in the late rounds, just like you did with, uh, Brogdon to, uh, Hector Neris. That's a great call out. I remember seeing Cedarland on your closer chart, which I'll plug mm-hmm. once again <laughs> as a high upside future. So maybe Cedarland eventually gets the role, but it could right, very if, well yep. be Richard Rodriguez for a while. Yes, so. right. I think this is another situation where Rodriguez can start the year in the role because it doesn't make sense for the Pirates to go out and spend money for a bullpen. Um, and trade him, smart, trade, trade him. him. <laughs> yeah, trade him midseason, and then if Cedarland's ready, you move him in. I mean, that's when you're in a rebuild, you're looking to maximize the, maximize the uh, value of your guys. So let Rodriguez get a few saves, trade him to a contender, plug in Cedarland, and keep on trucking. Well, I'm kicking myself now because I had Cedarland in my queue and I took Bass, Anthony Bass in the 49th round. And I think <laughs> I'd rather right. have Cedarland based on what you're saying. But that's a that's a really good run in on the Pirates. And I, I, I may even make uh, Rodriguez a target. I will say that he's gone in the 13th round once to me. Wow. And, and, the, uh, and so he's not a secret anymore, but uh, okay. he's, he's actually got some skills. That's a, it's a really good um deeper dive on him so i appreciate that the uh the padres are a pretty big um conundrum they have Mm -hmm. both yates and rosenthal leaving as free agents yeah they do have drew pomeranz um but then um you know what what do you think uh will happen here and are they done are they just gonna stick with their bullpen and have pomeranz close it out are they gonna bring some people in or back in um, if, if the Padres are truly in, I think they're going to go sign somebody so yeah. that they might be in play for Melanson. They might be in play for Rosenthal to come back. They might be in play for Hendricks. Um, so I, I again, I think they prefer Pom brands to be in that Batman Robin mode. So, um, mm-hmm. they like using Pom brands to in the highest leverage point, but he'll still get some saves. 
So uh, maybe they'll give Yates like a, a deal to get healthy and maybe come back in the middle of the season. We don't know. There's so many variables with the injuries on some of these guys. Um, but I, I don't think the Padres are done as far as that goes. And they did have my boy Austin Adams. So he'll be back there in the periphery. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But um, they, they did build up that bullpen pretty well. And they've got guys coming into the rotation. They've got a lot of young arms coming up. So we'll have to see what happens uh, and how they transition all those guys in those spots. But I mean, I don't mind Pomeranz, but he's probably going above where I, I think they're going to add somebody. So I'd be wary to take him probably at his present price point. So interestingly, he's gone about the 20th round, which is uh, that's okay. Than, yeah. That's later than I would have thought. And, and I agree with you that that's okay because I think he's a pretty valuable uh, fireman type. And like right, you said, he, he can get you, he will he can get, get you seven saves. to nine. Yeah. He'll get you saves and he'll get strikeouts and protect ratios. So I, yeah. where he's going, I'm okay with that price. That's not but, bad at but all. But what I'm avoiding from this bullpen, you, you would be surprised. Rosenthal and Yates are still both going in the 11th or 12th round, which to me is crazy. It seems, it seems kind of backwards. Yeah, now one of them uh, could come back and be the guy, but we don't know which one and we don't know. It could be someone else. So I, I'm not, I'm not willing to pay 11th or 12th round for a guy who doesn't have a role right now. Maybe if they get yeah. signed, it's it all changes. But right now, well, uh, I'd be more willing to pay for Rosenthal just based on health. I want the guy that was just pitching. That's a good point uh, too. But right I'm, now, I'm not, I'll take Pomeranz in the 20th or whatever instead of yeah. uh, either of those guys for, for 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 the time being. You know, these things change throughout the offseason for me. So that's great. Um, Speaking of, of things always changing, the, the Giants were pretty, oh. pretty, uh, pretty hardcore committee last year. You know, you yes. didn't know where the next save was coming. Is that going to persist? Are we, are we dealing with a Tyler Rogers, Tony Watson, uh, Sam Conrude or whatever? Are, are we Good dealing ride. with it? <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's all right. Uh, what about Reyes Maranta? And, and is, is there anybody else to same thing? He's, he's coming back from the shoulder. So we need to see health and velocities in spring. Um, Gabe Kapler drives me crazy. So I want nothing to do with this. But if somebody yeah. wants to dip their, their toes into this, you know, I thought I would be sneaky and I'm kicking myself because in the TGFBI last year and in and, and the last round, I had a walk off pick. I could have taken Trevor Rosenthal or Tyler Rogers. And I took Rogers and I'm like, I'm like, mm, why? I could have had Trevor Rosenthal as my walk-off pick and all those cheap saves. And then I would have been paying any money for Solster or Diaz because I would have had saves already on the roster. So again, listen to yourself, Mr. Jewett. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I knew Kapler drove me crazy and I still took him. I, I knew, as soon as I did it, I'm like, that was dumb. I will say Rogers has gone after round 40 in both of mine. So, you know, if you're just trying to pick up a few saves or if you yeah. need like, I a, mean, if, yeah, if you need an injury fill in, right. Your guy's yeah. got uh, whatever. Yeah. But don't, you don't pay for anybody in, in this bullpen in the top 25 rounds. Cause we just have no idea. No. And speaking of, we just have no idea. The St. Louis Cardinals. What do you think about this dumpster? I mean, like the problem is last year, people were drafting Gallegos in the 12th or 13th round. Uh, but this year, of course, everybody's learned their lesson and he's still going in like the 15th round. <laughs> it's just, really? I don't, wow. I, With, I don't I understand mean, why people feel like they have to get in on this bullpen. I don't either. Especially when you've got, uh, Jordan Hicks coming back there, mm -hmm. you know, Carlos Martinez is much better as a reliever than a starter, even though he doesn't Rust want to admit has it. Alex Reyes, who, who obviously could fill the role. It's just, it's just, he could, knows. yeah, it's yeah. No, I, I remember it was supposed to be Quang Hyung Kim to open the season. 
he was supposed to be the closer and he ended up being one of their best starters so yeah that was no, one I, of the seven iterations it was also supposed yeah. to be gallegos and then ryan helsley and just yeah, just yeah. stay away from the cardinals shields just, just as frustrating as kapler so pass yes exactly and last but not least we have the washington nationals so so daniel hudson made a lot of people unhappy that were betting on the Doolittle comeback and um <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking they're going to do it again this year. I don't know. Uh, Roster Resource actually has Tanner Rainey, who's maybe even worth it as a Pomeranz type. But uh, let's hear your thoughts. Uh, I love Tanner Rainey. Um, yeah. I, think, I think the breakout last year was real. Um, he was another guy covered in coffee and closers. Um, I, I, they shut him down at the end of the season because they didn't want to, you know, add innings and, and risk any injury with him because he does have a, a little bit of an injury past. But, um, Daniel Hudson in an interview admitted that he prefers to be a setup pitcher. And he told that to Martinez when they won the world series, even though he was the closer during it, he, he told his manager, he prefers being in a setup role. So I, it may not be the first month, but at some point I think Rainey takes this role and runs with it. And I am okay with that. So here's my teaser. I talked about earlier. So in the, in the <laughs> hater breakout, when he was a rookie and first came up, um, I use this as a guide. So a, a K minus walk percentage of greater than 25% swinging strike percentage greater than 15 and a contact rate of 67% or below eight pitchers, eight relievers did it last year qualified Devin Williams, James Karinchak, Tanner Rainey, Trevor Rosenthal, Edwin Diaz, Trevor May, Rizel Iglesias, Amir Garrett, and Josh Hader. A good company. What did you say for the contact percentage? Sixty-seven percent or less. Sixty. I guess I got to listen back to the podcast, but I just wanted to wanted to get that. I, I think that's a really good little. Uh, so little, that that was a little uh, thing. So when there. when Hater had his breakout, that was the stuff I did, and I kind of use that sometimes, just kind of as a gauge to see what guys are falling in there. Um, Leon Hendricks got in there for two of them. So did Richard Rodriguez. Uh, so did Mike Myers, and those are the only one. Oh, excuse me, and Pete Fairbanks. So awesome. they wow. had two out of three. So if you're, if you're a skills over role guy, those are names to tuck away. Um, that's why, you know, if you want to go off of the reservation and just load up on bats and arms early, and you want to go all upside, then you're going after Karinchak, you're going after Rainey and you're doing some of these guys and just saying, you know, torpedoes be damned you know and just and then you 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 grab like a rodriguez and then back them up with a cedarland i mean there's all different ways to attack these bullpens i don't think there's a wrong way and i don't think there's a definitive right way because every year is so volatile but uh look at the numbers look at the rules and then and then check the free agency because a lot of this stuff will start to uh take shape and that's part of the reason that the closer charts and the other stuff uh get so many hits I love that. That is an awesome summary. And the only thing I'll add is it's all, you know, it's all about price. So interestingly, as we're wrapping up with, with Washington, you've got Daniel Hudson going anywhere. Uh, he went in the 10th round in one of mine, but anywhere between the you know 10th and 20th. And then you've got Rainey going uh, several rounds later. Uh, you, you, you might even be able to, uh, if, if you want to get both, you can, but the, uh, for me, it's always comes down to price. It's like if, if Daniel Bard's there in the 20th, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I grab him. If Tanner yep. Rainey's there in the 30th, maybe I add him on. Even Absolutely. if I feel like I have a good bullpen. If uh, I could get Rainey in the 30th, the, I'd do it all day. I could add Cedarland in the 50th yesterday, but I didn't do yep. it. But, yeah, but, but that's, uh, that's the point is you, you can really uh, bolster your bullpen 
even if you feel like it's strong, because if you feel like it's strong on November 3rd, you may not be feeling about it uh, mid-March. So yeah. uh, this was a great overview, though. I really appreciate you going through every single team with me. And um, I think we, we really did some good. Uh, talk, talk a little bit about uh, your closures and coffee. I know you alluded to that and then other stuff that you, uh, you might be working on. All right, so uh, I'll start getting through a lot of the seasonal reviews, and I'm going to try and use the coffee and closers. I made a, I haven't posted yet, but I made a, made a thing on Substack, so that's where you can just sign up, and then every time I publish a newsletter, it'll be sent right out uh, to the subscriber's email. So then you can, because before I was doing the coffee and closers, and I was trying to do it on a Google Doc, and then I had to copy and paste everybody's emails in there. Um, the Substack will do that for me. So. Um, if you were if you were a subscriber to Coffee and Closers, uh, I have I actually put the link right into my uh, Twitter header, so where it's the profile, the the links right there. So like I said, uh, by the end of this week, I'll have the first article up, and I'll email the people that were on that list and let you know that it's up and running, so you can change the venue. Um, but I want to start exploring the free agents, looking at some of how these teams are going to attack things, and then once uh, signings and things happen, I'll put my my reactions in there and what the uh, and what the ripple effects will be in each bullpen. And then the, the hardest thing to do is try and go through and find these minor league guys that might stumble into roles. Um, so, you know, well, I'll explore those things to the best of my ability. I don't have all the fancy gifts, but I do on Substack. I can put the actual uh, Twitter links in there so you can see all the stuff. So that that's just a little better venue than the, uh, the Google Docs I was doing in the past. So, um, again, all that stuff will be contained in Twitter and I'll keep the closer charts updated up until uh, up until we get to the gun there in, in March and then. Um, just I might just charge a small nominal fee this year just to to be able to read those on a daily basis just because I think the information is worth it and it'll just help justify me getting up at five in the morning and going through all that stuff. That's awesome. We'll go check it out while it's free and <laughs> and and uh, you know and 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 you I think you'll find as I have that it's 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 more than worth a nominal fee. It's 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 really good. I, I would say you are one of the most thorough people. Um, that I've ever read on, on closers or really any topic in, in baseball. So I really appreciate oh, you. Thank you, Drew. I appreciate that. I really appreciate the, con appreciate the free content you've given out and I'm more than willing to pay a nominal fee for it. So uh, I think well, that's, that's, that's why I choose. That's why I chose coffee and closers. I'm not going to make a lot of money on this, but you know, I just want to charge what would be like, you know, a couple of bucks to buy a cup of coffee. You get, you get my insight every month and then we'll rock it out. So you know, I'm willing to do all this stuff again. I, I think the closer charts had over 600 different people view it through the years here. So uh, we'll, we'll get that stuff up and running and keep that, keep that content churning out. So keep us ahead of the game, especially in uh, leagues with FOB and whatnot, have, being able to get those guys a week early is, oh, is a big key. I mean, I owe you a coffee or two just for Rafael Montero last year. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I would owe myself too, but I didn't listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much, Greg. This is awesome. I look forward to uh, everything that you're putting together, and uh, I know it'll be and it'll be uh, awesome again. And you'll you'll find even more uh, stuff you can add. So, really looking forward to that. Looking forward to the season, and and actually looking forward to the rest of this off season. It's one of my favorite times when we can have baseball, even when there's no baseball. So that's right. Thanks for be being fun. here for a third visit. I uh, really appreciate your time. And uh, uh, as always, well, you, so you're at uh, Greg Jewett nine, right? G Jewett. G, G Just the letter Jewett G nine yep, on Twitter. 
Yep. So find find Greg Jewett on Twitter. As always, I'm I'm on uh, I'm at Common Sense FBB. And uh, as always, stay classy, Planet Baseball. That's-